All right, back to Matthew chapter number 9. Uh, again, Missions Emphasis Month, and uh, we, uh, we know uh, that uh, the world needs Jesus. I've got him in the margin of my Bible. Uh, three things that the world needs. Uh, the world needs the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, right now as we, uh, we see the goings-on in the Middle East and, uh, and all the, uh, the stuff here and the, the protesting uh, slash celebrating uh, that's going on in many of our major cities, uh, it's a shameful thing and it's a sad thing. What's going on? By the way, Wednesday night I had preached, uh, well, ranted, uh, really, uh, we have a better word uh, about what's going on in the Middle East. Tonight, uh, for our evening service, I'll be uh, preaching about Israel and a couple of things that God wants for us to do uh, and what He says about them and His plans for them. Uh, and then we're going to spend a little bit of time, it's not our prayer meeting time, which is usually Wednesday, but we're going to spend some time tonight in our evening service praying uh, for Israel and for the conflict that's going on over there, for God's will to be done. And, uh, and I like that old gospel song that uh, says in it, you know, we read the back of the book uh, and we win, all right? And uh, we don't believe in replacement theology. Israel's uh, God's uh, people and separate from the church. And, but God has a, uh, a timeline and prophecies concerning all of that. Uh, and, but... Uh, you know, between now and then, there's a lot of things that are taking place and going on. And uh, we know that we're in the end times. Uh, the signs of the times are all around us. There's wars and rumors of wars. The Bible says it'll be like in the days of Noah. Uh, and uh, when it was in the days of Noah, God wiped everything out except for eight people. Uh, Noah, Ham, Shem, and Japheth, and their wives. And um, by the way, we all come from, they, we come from Adam. Uh, we can trace our lineage all back uh, to those people. And they all serve one God, Jehovah God. Uh, and through the course of history, man uh, and religion uh, has messed everything up. Uh, and uh, all, of the, all of the differences that there are uh, is because of sin and because of religion, uh, because of pride, because of uh, lust, uh, and this, the sins of men. Uh, and we're, we're in a battle, uh, and it's, uh, the end is drawing near, uh, which means that we, uh, as Christians, uh, as Bible-believing Christians, uh, need to, uh, to have the mind of Christ. And, and if we don't have uh, a, a mind or a love uh, for sinners, uh, for those who are perishing, uh, we, we, just, we don't have the mind of Christ. And so with all my ranting uh, and all my positions and things that I, I say, and I know uh, as I've referenced even on Wednesday, the Bible is clear that there are some people uh, who are just plain evil. Uh, and uh, there are, um, I think as, as long as someone's drawn breath, uh, there's a chance, there's a hope. Uh, but uh, the truth of the matter is there's, there's not a First Baptist Church of Gaza, uh, and, uh, and there aren't a whole lot of missionaries uh, reaching Palestinian areas uh, or Muslim areas in the world uh, because if you go in there preaching the Bible, you don't last very long. Uh, and, and so we know God knows, and God is a sovereign God, uh, but, uh, but there is a part in our, um, our view of all of that where it might uh, solicit emotions of anger and confusion and frustration, uh, I mean, everything across the board. Uh, but, uh, but people uh, who are dying there uh, on both sides of the conflict. And by the way, Jewish people need to get saved the same way that, uh, that we get saved, and that's through Jesus Christ. And, uh, and religion, uh, having been there recently, uh, there's, there's as many you know, sects of, of, of Judaism and other things, uh, and uh, everything under the sun over there as there is you know, uh, Christianity and, uh, and all uh, that's there. So um, we need to have uh, the mind of Christ in this area. We need to see uh, people as Jesus sees them. 
uh, we need to uh, feel about people like Jesus felt. And uh, we need to do uh, for people uh, and, uh, and how Jesus did. And we have a perfect example of that uh, in our Savior from uh, Matthew in chapter number 9. But I, I said that we're going to look in, uh, in uh, chapter number 34 of Ezekiel. So if you make your way there, uh, and we had uh, one of the observations that Jesus made, and you can do a uh, word search on this as well, and, and about shepherds. And in the Old Testament, uh, shepherds or pastors uh, were leaders. Um, I remember during uh, the last election, uh, people like, you know, uh, you know we're, not electing, we're not electing a pastor. We're electing, you know, uh, a president or whatever. Uh, but in the Old Testament, when it talks about pastors, um, it, was, uh, it was leaders, it was politicians, it was government officials. Uh, and so in a way, uh, we, we are voting uh, in those moments for pastors, leaders, not pastors of a local church. Uh, but the shepherds, uh, those that God uh, had called to lead his people, uh, were, um, they turned uh, the heritage of God into something that uh, wasn't pleasing to him. Uh, and in their religion. In fact, when we read uh, in chapter 9 of, of Matthew uh, and look elsewhere, that, that passage of Scripture is repeated in different, different words and ways in the other Gospels. Jesus' um, goal and purpose in much of what he's doing in his ministry was to preach, uh, to preach the kingdom of God in the synagogues. Uh, and, and, and to teach disciples, and he was preaching sermons, and uh, he spent a lot of time healing people uh, as the multitudes came, and, uh, and he saw that. And when he looked out over that area, as I imagine it uh, now in my mind so vividly, having been there recently, um, the, I heard years ago it preached that uh, as he looked out, and he, said, and, he, and he used that analogy. Remember, when he, Jesus spoke to people, uh, he put things in ways that uh, they would understand, uh, and it was an agricultural um, people, uh, many farmers, and, uh, and so he spoke in those terms. And when he says the field is already to harvest, if you were to look out over a multitude of people at that time and what they wore, um, many of them wore um, headdresses and, and things covering their head because of the sun, uh, usually reflective of that, lighter colors. And so there's a visual that I remember from a long time ago, a preacher preaching, is he's like looking over and it looked like a harvest field that was white under harvest. Uh, and the analogy was easily seen uh, and understood by a people who are agricultural people. Uh, today, unfortunately, us, you know, uh, you know, we have people uh, who, you know, they don't know where chickens come from, chicken meat, you know, just, it just shows up in the grocery store, uh, all packaged up and, uh, and everything else. And uh, my favorite one, seeing them protesting, you know, uh, they're killing cows for milk, uh, you know, and all the, uh, the don't get me started uh, on all the, uh, the nut jobs and things that we have uh, in the world. Uh, but um, some of the agricultural metaphors and analogies in the Bible um, they're harder for us to understand because we're not farmers. Uh, and, uh, but uh, it'd probably do us all well to just spend a summer on a farm somewhere uh, and, uh, and learn all about that. And the, uh, just like going to Israel, uh, going to Israel, uh, spending some time with a farmer uh, and spending some time with a shepherd would probably change the way that we view uh, much of the Word of God. Uh, but in Ezekiel chapter number 34 and verse number 1, the Word of the Lord came unto me saying, Son of man, Prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say unto them, uh, Thus saith the Lord God unto the shepherds, Woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do feed themselves 
Uh, should not the shepherds feed the flocks? Ye eat the fat, and ye clothe, uh, and ye clothe you with the wool. Ye kill them that are fed, but ye feed not the flock. Uh, in the New Testament, uh, God to a pastor, uh, a, a pastor of a church, uh, he says that we're to feed the flock of God. Uh, not of constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, uh, and lays those things on. So my job as a pastor, my primary job uh, as a pastor is the ministry of the Word, prayer and ministry of the Word. Uh, it's to prepare to feed uh, the flock. So when you come, uh, you come you, for a meal, so to speak, and we feed you the Word of God. That's why we always say, um, I feel like I'm being fed, or I don't feel like I'm being fed. But at this time, uh, in the Old Testament, as God is rebuking, uh, the shepherds that were there, uh, it says they were feeding themselves, uh, but they weren't feeding the people of God. Um, when I think of the compassion that Jesus had in, in Matthew chapter number 9, He looked out over them. In fact, when you look at other passages, this could be uh, the same multitude that was fed uh, the loaves and fishes. Uh, and, uh, and we know that they were out and had gone to a desert place, the disciples, uh, and we know right where that's at, uh, in Galilee, uh, and uh, the time, but there's no food, there's no vendors. It was out in a place, it was a solitary place, uh, it, out away from everything else, and God performed a great miracle uh, for them. And many people followed the Lord for what, uh, what He could do for them, uh, and, uh, and that's just human nature. Uh, you may be here today in church because of what you think God might bless you uh, for having come today, um, and, uh, and He may. Uh, and God does that, and He does bless obedience to His Word, and He says for us to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Uh, so as an act of obedience and being in the house of God today, uh, there is blessings that come from it. But that's not the whole reason why we come. Uh, we come to worship God. We, we come to be edified and built up, equipped uh, to, to, to go and do like Jesus did and to see people the way that He sees them. Uh, and there's multitudes all around us uh, that need uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. And and in and, uh, and all of our missions emphasis uh, through this month and getting the gospel to the regions beyond, uh, we can't forget that, that there's a region right here uh, and it desperately needs Jesus. And uh, every day we turn on the news and see things abroad that are terrible, uh, but, uh, but there's a lot of terrible things that happen right here too. And the answer isn't, you know, Republicans and Democrats uh, and are conservative, liberal. Uh, the answer is the Lord. And the way that people are changed is through the Holy Spirit of God, and they're changed through the Holy Spirit uh, when they're indwelled with the Spirit of God uh, when they ask Jesus Christ uh, to save them. So as he looked and he, over that multitude, uh, he saw a people uh, that was unfed. Uh, they, and he had compassion on them. And we see also in chapter 34 uh, of the book of Ezekiel the same thing. Uh, they, they ate. They made sure that uh, they were taken care of. Uh, but uh, the people they were shepherding uh, were hungry. Uh, and, uh, and he goes on to say this in verse number 4. The disease have ye not strengthened, neither have ye healed that which was sick, neither have you bound up that which was broken, Neither have you brought again that which was driven away, neither have ye sought that which was lost, but with force and with cruelty ye have ruled them. Uh, in the New Testament, uh, the shepherd, um, Jesus, of course, spoke of himself as the great shepherd, uh, and uh, we as sheep, and uh, as sheep we hear his voice, and we know that he's at the door of the sheepfold, and uh, if we knock and we can enter in, uh, and all the uh, the... Uh, 
references to him being a shepherd and, uh, and us being sheep in the Bible. And we, not to get into all of that, but uh, as sheep, uh, as regular creatures of sheep, uh, there's a lot of analogies to be made as to uh, them. And, and uh, Now, I'm a pastor, but I'm also a sheep, all right? So please don't, when I say this, I'm not making fun of you, but I'm making fun of me too. Uh, but sheep are kind of dumb. Uh, and uh, and they need a shepherd. They will they'll stand in the rain till they'll drown themselves. Uh, they they need to be led. They do all kinds of uh, crazy things. And if you've ever watched a shepherd with a flock uh, and how they manage them, in fact, he, the Bible says that uh, as a shepherd, his his staff and his rod they comfort me. Uh, so sheep need uh, to be knocked on the head <laughs> uh, in order to uh, obey. They need to be led, uh, and they are very very fickle. Uh, and very needy. Uh, and as we look at ourselves in the light of that in the Bible, uh, it's not that we, should, we shouldn't be offended, uh, but we should understand uh, the need to be fed, uh, which leads into our need for preaching of the Bible and, and uh, in reading the Bible in being taught the scriptures and uh, in Bible classes and in Sunday school classes uh, and the like. Uh, but, uh, but a shepherd leads sheep. And here in Ezekiel chapter number 34, not only were these shepherds not feeding uh, the sheep, they were unfed, but they were also unfolded. They weren't in the fold. They were scattered, the Bible says, uh, in verse number 5, because they had no shepherd. Uh, and that's exactly what Jesus said as he looked out in, Ma- in Matthew chapter number 9 uh, over those that had gathered to hear him preach or that had come uh, so they could get something from him to be healed or uh, so they could see or uh, he'd make the lame walk and, uh, and all the miracles that God had did. And he, done, he did many of them. In fact, the Bible says that the, the world couldn't contain the books uh, uh, if they were to record everything uh, that Jesus did uh, in his, his short earthly ministry. But we know that Jesus uh, is God. Uh, in the flesh, and uh, and uh, and always uh, was, and always will be, uh, and that is that is a blessing. But uh, for three and a half years of earthly ministry, most around the Sea of Galilee, people followed him, uh, and and when he looked at them, uh, he saw uh, sheep having no shepherd. Um, they were unfed, uh, and they were unfolded and scattered uh, as uh, abroad. Uh, and it says in verse 5 of Ezekiel 34, they, came, uh, they became meat to all the beasts of the field uh, when they were scattered. Um, my sheep wandered through all the mountains and upon every hill. Yea, my flock was scattered upon all the face of the earth, and none did search or, and, or seek after them. So not only were they unfed, they were unfolded. Uh, they, with, as sheep with no shepherd, they were unguarded. Uh, they were vulnerable. Uh, to dogs and to wolves. Uh, we know what the Bible says about being aware of wolves or, the, or Satan. He's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And, uh, and we need uh, our shepherd, the chief shepherd, to guide us and to lead us. Uh, and, uh, and when we uh, are so prone to wander, uh, our uh, great shepherd uh, gathers us back in uh, and takes care of us. And, and again, time and time we find uh, those analogies in the Bible. Uh, but it also, in verse number 6, when it says there's none that search or seek after them, uh, makes me feel that in that time, uh, in the Old Testament, uh, as God looked at people who lorded over his heritage uh, and uh, who, uh, who weren't feeding uh, the flock, who were, who were not gathering the flock, uh, it's like they didn't even care. It says they didn't even seek after them. 
uh, which is a, a terrible thing. Uh, we know the 99 and the 1 uh, and, and how, uh, how God cares for uh, the lost sheep uh, and seeks after them. We don't seek after Him, by the way. Um, he seeks after us, and I'm thankful for that. But as Jesus was talking to Jewish people uh, in, the, in the Bethsaida part uh, of uh, the Sea of Galilee, uh, those that knew the Scriptures, as He taught them uh, in, in Matthew chapter 9, which make your way back over there uh, to our text uh, in chapter number 9, um, they, they knew when He talked about uh, sheep as having no shepherd, speaking to His disciples as well, um, they remember the Scriptures. Uh, and uh, what the Word of God said about that very thing. Uh, and, uh, and so the, 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 the people, or excuse me, the, the world needs the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, and the world needs more missionaries, um, and the world needs more prayer. Uh, we are to uh, see as Jesus saw, feel as He felt, uh, and we need to do as He did, and we need to pray uh, what this, this prayer that He prayed in the last verse of chapter number 9 uh, and, uh, and we really, really uh, need to do that. But not everybody uh, is going to be a missionary uh, or an evangelist or a pastor. And, uh, and, uh, but that doesn't let us off the hook. Of course, I preached on this last week about our responsibility. And uh, it's not just mine. It's the, God has given this commission uh, to the church. And so it says in verse 36, When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. Now you can look up the words and study even the word compassion. Um, it, and the phrase moved with compassion, uh, in fact, when they talked about that type of emotion throughout the Bible, uh, it's in reference to uh, the bowels. The, um, the, it's, it's, it's deep inside. It's it being moved uh, to your innermost being uh, over what uh, we see. Now, um, if we look at uh, the videos and, and stuff, and again, it's so frustrating. And you see people, um, you know, uh, people are live streaming atrocities. Uh, and there are young people, students, whatever, who just like, well, that's just a lie. Um, we live in a day where everybody has their own truth, uh, and you can have evidence, video evidence, right in front of you. It's like, oh, well, that's fabricated, and, uh, and on and on and on, and it's, it's very frustrating. And normally when I see that, uh, I am moved with anger. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm moved with frustration. Uh, and, 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 and that's a natural response to that kind of, uh, of willing ignorance uh, to, to what's going on uh, in the world. In fact, I saw um, an interview where uh, one of the students, they're interviewing him uh, and asked him, about, what do you think about, uh, you know, he, they're, they're protesting uh, and supporting um, Palestinians uh, in Hamas in particular. Uh, and they said, what do you think about babies' heads being cut off and, and all this different stuff? And, oh, it's terrible, whatever. And all this time, he didn't even know that it was uh, Hamas cutting off uh, Israeli baby heads. Uh, completely aloof uh, to what is going on, but yet they're in support. And so, so uh, when, when, you, when, when I see, I'm just confessing to you, when I see somebody, uh, you know, that stupid, I want to slap the stupid right out of them. That's, that was my, that's the visceral response that I have uh, when I see that level of ignorance. Ignorance, But when I feel that way, there's also a part of me as, as a believer, as a child of God, uh, that knows that that person needs Jesus. Uh, and, and I need to be more moved can, with compassion 
uh, when I see that than I, than I am moved with any other emotion or feeling. Uh, and so deep down uh, and uh, moved uh, with, with feelings this last week uh, of, uh, I mean, sky's the limit. Um, but very little, um, I'm just confessing this to you, very little. I, it's like I, I've not been looking at the, these are people that Jesus wants to save. The Bible says that he's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. And again, separating, you know, the, uh, the fact that there are people, some people who are, have sinned away their day of grace, they're reprobate, they're beyond that, uh, and, uh, and they're evil, uh, and in all of that. Um, I, you, uh, we don't know the hearts of men, and we don't know the plan that God has for people, and the most wicked, vile sinner uh, can be saved uh, by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so the conviction that I've had uh, in my own heart, uh, having read this and our Missions Emphasis Month, is like, you know, we need to tell people. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, there aren't a lot of people um, being sent, called or sent, uh, to, uh, to areas of the world uh, where, um, where all this is going on. In fact, we know, we've known of people who have gone uh, and have been killed. Um, we, uh, it's just a dangerous thing. But just like they can pump, you know, uh, what they believe out of those areas, we can pump what we believe into them. Uh, and we've had missionaries, and we still do, who smuggle Bibles, who fly drones and drop Scripture into North Korea and, and on and on and on. Uh, and uh, we need, so not everybody can be a missionary, um, but you can give generously to support the preaching of the gospel. That's what we do with our missions commitments. Um, you can, you can um, certainly bring people. Uh, to church to hear the gospel. Uh, you can distribute literature and gospel tracts. And um, today, uh, part of this challenge, I want you to take some uh, of the gospel tracts that are out in the foyer. And if there isn't any, we need to get some out there as uh, fast as we can at the end of the service uh, and take them. And if you go out to lunch today, give them to somebody. You're going to go get gas, uh, you know, uh, give it to the cashier. If you, if you go in, if you don't, give it to the person uh, pumping gas right next to you. Uh, you know they're going to strike up a conversation. Can you believe how expensive gas is? Uh, yeah, it's terrible. Let me give you a gospel tract. You know, uh, life's tough. It's even tougher if you're lost and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and just uh, be a gospel witness to people. But certainly we can pray. Because that's what God says. He's, Jesus says to pray in verse 38, Ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he'll send forth laborers into his harvest. He says the, the, the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Now, we won't have time to get into statistics and, uh, and everything, but there are more churches that are closing their doors and are being started. Uh, there are more pastors that are quitting uh, than are beginning. Uh, they, they're for all kinds of reasons. Um, and uh, we have many churches in our state who are without a pastor, uh, church plants and established churches. There are churches that have you know, um, a good number of people that attend and, uh, and they just can't find uh, somebody to come uh, and pastor. Uh, and there, again, there are a lot of reasons for that. Uh, but we need to pray because the harvest is ready. Uh, and, and when God says that, that's, He's basically saying we can reap uh, if we have laborers uh, to, to go into the harvest and do so. And as I was studying for uh, this message, I ran across, um, it must have been a sermon, uh, by a gentleman, and I can't remember his name, uh, and, uh, but I wrote it down. And I, and I tend to forget the names because I don't want to give them credit. Uh, and, uh, you know, I want to take the credit for uh, these thoughts, but I'm just saying right now, these aren't thoughts that I've had. But he put out four things 
uh, in the Savior's plan for increasing the number of laborers. Uh, and, uh, and here's what he said. He said, where people pray, where people offer up sincere prayer to God, uh, that he'll send forth laborers into his harvest. Uh, when they do that, they're making a solemn acknowledgement that God is the one who does all the work. Um, God calls and God sends. And, and, and again, I can, uh, every time I see a missionary video, um, I feel the Macedonian call. It's like, I want to go there. Uh, and uh, when we were in Israel, you know, I was just thinking, man, I could be here. Uh, I can live here. I can serve here. Um, you know, it, it doesn't, if I watch, we're going to see a video from the Philippines. Of course, I've been there several times with Brother Diome and others. Um, Portland, I don't know if I'd want to go there, but, uh, but somebody's got to go. Uh, and, and, and saying that, I'm being silly, but that's, you know, God may not call me or you or uh, to uh, church plant uh, in, in Portland. Uh, but God calls people to do that. And it is his work. And it's, and it's, his, and it's his harvest. Uh, when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion because they're sheep that are, that are without a shepherd. Um, they, they, you know, people may need humanitarian things. Um, it's, it's good that even as a local church here that we are benevolent to. God says much about what our attitude and care should be for those who have need. Um, but the greatest need of all is salvation. And it's a work of God. I mean, we can, we can, we can feed people uh, in the flesh and we can provide, you know, um, aid uh, to any numbers of groups with, without really putting a whole lot of thought into it. Um, but we can't save anybody. Jesus is the one that does that. And so when we pray to the Lord of the harvest that he'll send forth laborers into his harvest, that's a simple, solemn acknowledgement that God is the one who does all the work. And we need to pray that he does that. We need to pray that his will be done. We need to pray, if you're praying for somebody that's not saved, you say, God, save them. Uh, bring conviction to their heart. There may be someone here today that's not saved. Uh, and the Bible speaks, in fact, uh, in 1 Peter chapter number 2, it uh, talks about Jesus this way. In verse 24, it says, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on, on the tree. Uh, speaking of Calvary in, in Golgotha, uh, in, the, in the cross, it says that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripe ye, are, ye were healed. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. That's who Jesus is. He's the shepherd and bishop of our souls. And if you're here today and you're saved, it's because Jesus uh, gave the Holy Spirit. He brought conviction to your heart. You realized you were a sinner. You called on him to save you by faith and grace. Uh, and he did exactly what he said. And he is the shepherd, the good shepherd. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Uh, the, and the bishop of our souls. So if you pray, it's an acknowledgement that God uh, is the one who does the work. Uh, then um, those that pray, uh, they mean that when God raises up uh, men, they will furnish the means necessary to convey them to the heathen and to support them when they get there. All right, let me read that again. This is talking about uh, this man, a Savior's plan for increasing the number of laborers. We need to pray. When we pray, we're acknowledging that God uh, is uh, the, uh, the, uh, the solemn, um, He does the work. 
And also that when we sincerely pray that God's going to send forth laborers, when he does call men to go to Portland or to Philippines or, or wherever, um, you know, to the Middle East, uh, that if we're praying that, that we will furnish the means necessary for them to convey the gospel to the heathen uh, and support them while they're there. So that's what we do with our missions program and our missions budget. So we raise money um, and uh, we do pledges. Uh, we take up special offerings. Uh, we do all those things because God may not call you or I, but he calls somebody. And the way that they get there uh, is through the support of local churches and oftentimes many of them. Uh, you know, they might, they might be needing to raise, you know, uh, you know, you know what it costs to live here uh, in this area. Uh, and if you have, you know, a gaggle of kids, uh, you know, it costs even a little bit more. So if somebody is going to come, and by the way, our area needs more churches. Um, but there aren't a whole lot of people coming to this area. Um, we're, we support now Brother Brew Baker. He's been here, preached uh, when I was gone, and uh, we'll have him back again while I'm here because I want to hear him preach. Uh, but we picked him up for support, starting to work in, in uh, Enumclaw. Um, and he's at 75% of whatever. So uh, if you think of, you live on 100% of what you live on. So you take... 70, and you take 25% of what you live on now, which if I was to ask you, you're going to, it's never enough, right? It's never enough. We can always have $1 more. Um, but he's out here living in an RV um, and trying to start a church. Uh, so God didn't call you to start a church in Washington, but God called him. And when we pray that God sends forth laborers in the harvest, that means that we're acknowledging that God's doing the sending. Uh, but that we, in part, are going to uh, enable them uh, by supporting them uh, financially. Uh, and uh, that's how we reach uh, beyond uh, Puyallup, uh, is through that missions fund. And so we'll say more about that as we get closer to uh, those uh, faith commitments. But here I'm going to start meddling just a little bit. Um, if you thought I was already meddling, this is worse, all right? Um, when young men... Pray. And, and by the way, um, I believe that God, uh, I don't believe in women preachers. Uh, it's unscriptural. And uh, I know that's an incendiary topic. It shouldn't be uh, in a Bible-believing church. Uh, but uh, but I, know, I know that it is. But uh, God, God um, calls men to preach. And, uh, and uh, now he, it, um, I couldn't do a tenth of what I do without my wife. Okay. And, uh, and, and every person, uh, what's that, you know, behind, you know, every good man is a good woman or something like that. Uh, and uh, something like that. <laughs> uh, but um, it is true. Uh, and, and we know that. Uh, and, uh, and God, um, we know that culture and everything else, uh, you know, we think about the cultures in the Middle East or whatever. Um, they've been pretty tough on women throughout history. Uh, and we're living in a time, and, and we've gone the other way, by the way. Uh, in all this, and, and now, you know, um, you know, uh, anyways, I'll, I'll preach on that another, uh, another day. I, I just thought it's 12 o'clock, and I'm about to preach on, you know, uh, whatever. But um, number three, when young men uh, utter this prayer, pray therefore, Lord of the harvest, who will send forth laborers into his harvest. When young men pray this prayer, it means that if it is the will of God, that they are ready to become laborers. When you sincerely pray, God, send laborers into the harvest. If you're a, a, a young man, um, I think that you're, you're, you should be willing to go. 
like, like, you know, here am I, Lord, send me. Uh, and when I first got saved, that's why I told I said, God, I'll go anywhere you want me to go. I'll do whatever you, you want me to do. And, and, and really, honestly, at that time, there was no caveats. There wasn't like I would go, I'll go anywhere except. I just was sincere. It's like God saved me and I knew he saved me. Uh, and I wanted to, to live for him. I said, God, I'll go wherever it is you want me to go. In fact, there was a time where I said, God, I'll never go back to Superior, Wisconsin. And sure enough, that's where God sent me uh, for a good period of time. Uh, but if you pray, you should be willing to go. Um, we, we need more missionaries. In fact, when you think about, you know, the timeline and everything and, you know, end times and regardless of where you fall in the spectrum of, of, of prophecy and pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, uh, all that kind of stuff, uh, we know biblically that um, what ushers in the return of Christ uh, is tied to what we've done evangelistically. And so if you're worried, if you're worried about World War III uh, and bombs flying everywhere, you, you know what you should be doing? In, in, you know, not buying emergency food and, and, and stockpiling you know, weapons and not, you know, not totally against all that, but, uh, but, but, what I, but you should be trying to reach the people you know are lost. And if you want, you know, we want the Lord, Lord, please, Lord, come quickly. And you're not telling people about Jesus. You're not doing anything to help hasten that. When we know in the word of God, it says that that's part of it. So if you're praying, Lord, um, send laborers, you should be willing to go. When parents pray this prayer, um, what they're praying and should be understanding is that they're expressing a willingness that their children should go. Now think about that for a second. Um, you know, we have as parents and um, goals and aspirations, you know, for our children. But you know where the safest place for our, your children to be is in, this, is in the center of God's will. And, um, and if, it's God, if it's God's will for them to be, you know, uh, in Israel uh, as a missionary. In fact, I reached out to our missionary in Israel um, and, uh, and I just said, are you, are you still there? Uh, and he didn't answer for a day and finally got back and said, yep, we're still here. I said, are you staying? He says, we're staying. I said, if you need anything, let us know. He said, we'll do. And the thumbs up. And, uh, and so um, if it's God's will for them to be there, it's way safer for them to be there than it is to be here. Um, and we tend to forget that. We think about danger and peril, and we try to think of things from a human, you know, uh, sometimes logical perspective. Uh, but the safest place to be is, is in the center of God's will. And God, God's revealed uh, that to many people, and they know that. Um, but when you pray, if you're here today and you're a parent, and, I'm, and we're reading this, and here's what Jesus said, God in the flesh, he said, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he'll send forth laborers in his harvest. You say, I'm going to do that. I'm going to pray that God sends laborers into his harvest. And if you're praying, God, God send laborers in the harvest, but just don't send mine. Um, that's not a good pray, prayer to be praying. Uh, and I think we've missed the point. So we need to see uh, as Jesus sees and feel as Jesus felt and do as Jesus did. And when he saw, he was moved with compassion. Uh, as he looked over this multitude, they were like sheep with no shepherd. And so we need more shepherds. Uh, and when we pray that God will do it, it's his work. Uh, and we need to support it. If, it's not, if he's not sending us personally, we need to get behind that and get behind missionaries. Uh, and so we'll, um, if, if our missionary in, in Israel, don't want to mention his name on the live stream, uh, but if they need 
help to come home, we'll help them. You know, if, you know, whatever it is. And uh, so, in fact, when, you know, uh, I say I put us on the spot, you don't know, but all the time I'm telling, I tell mission, hey, our missionaries, if you need anything, just let me know. And I'm making promises um, uh, to take care of those needs on the belief and understanding that as a church congregation, we'll fulfill them. Um, because God isn't, you know, called us to there, uh, but he's called us here and he's providing for us here so that those who are called there can be there. And, um, and so if you're not involved in missions, uh, and uh, I hope that you'll jump on board this year with that. But the biggest thing I, I want you to understand today uh, is that there are people all around us here and abroad um, that need Jesus. Um, you should be a soul winner. You should grab tracks. You should do all you can uh, to be a witness right where you are. Um, but we need to get behind for and pray for um, our missionaries, uh, but then also support them. And, uh, and many of them uh, have, you know, takes them two, three, four years uh, going around the country uh, and uh, $50 here and $25 there, $100 here uh, to get to maybe 60, 75% of what they need uh, and they go to a field under-supported uh, and struggle. Uh, and, uh, and by the way, um, I, have, I have zero problems, zero, uh, with a missionary putting money aside for retirement or having a, a nice car um, or whatever. And, by the, and usually in places where they are, I mean, cars are expensive, um, but they're expensive like they are with 200% import tax. And so, you know, um, think about, you know, what that, you know, $50,000, you know, vehicle will cost them. And uh, so that's why they need us. Uh, And that's why we should all be a part of it. Uh, Because if we have compassion, um, deep compassion for those that are without a shepherd, that we want God to send people there, um, then... You know, if we're not going, we should let loose of, of a little bit of the blessings that God has given us to provide for that. Um, but we also need to be willing uh, to send our young people. And young people, if you're praying this prayer, you should be willing to go. Uh, and uh, one of the, one of the um, if, as I look back on ministry, um, the time I've been in the ministry, one of my, somebody asked me not too long ago, like, what's the, one of the deepest regrets or saddest things or whatever? And, uh, and it, it's, there's not enough of our people, the people that I've pastored um, being called and sent to, to places to serve God. And um, I'm, just, I'm just being transparent. I wish there were more. And, uh, and, and if we had a young person in our church who's going to go to a mission field somewhere, um, we're not going to give them, you know, $100 a month. Um, you know, we'd get behind them in a very, very big way. And... Um, and so, um, and parents, uh, you might be like, shh, pastor, shh, shh. Um, but you know what you should be praying? God, if you want my kids, here they are. We have that, we have that example in the Bible. And um, dedicate them. In fact, you did that uh, if you were here. Uh, a lot of these ones I've seen, uh, I was here when you were dedicated. Uh, and, um, and, uh, and you gave them to the Lord when you did that that day. And um, so pray, but be willing to go yourself, to send, you know, uh, your money uh, and to send uh, your children. Uh, and, uh, and we need to pray that. Let's all stand uh, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning. And,